is saying. Well, let's just praise him a little bit. Praise him a little bit. Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm glad he loved me. What amazing grace. Boy, that set me free and saved an old wretch like me. I'm almost like Paul when he said, I'm the chief of sinners. But boy, God loved me and <laughs> reached down. He reached down, saved the vilest sinner and make him clean. You remember that day when he saved you and took you by bloody Calvary? <laughs> showed you without him you'd be lost on your way to hell but man when I seen how much he loved me on that cross boy his love his love (laughs) I want to have church you want to have church tonight I tell you what let's stand let's stand and sing we've got the power because we've got the power tonight in Jesus and when we get done to the end of this song choir you can come down we'll shake hands and tell somebody it's good to see them tonight but I'm going to let brother Ron lead this one he led it the other Sunday I like it are you glad you got the power living in you amen I'm going to get down here with my wife so we can raise our hand together. Your hand, let's agree together. And all of our enemies will crumble at our feet. For whatever we find on earth shall be found in heaven. Say that I ask to 
Somebody you love them this you've got a round shook hands you may be seated and we'll get our ushers ready to take up our offering this evening and then uh, Reed's going to come and sing and uh, then I'm going to introduce our preacher tonight looking forward to hearing from God's word you know when you preach all the time it's good to sit down and get fed and I always enjoy when I get the opportunity to sit and get fed from I tell you, that book, there's something in there all the time that'll help us. Uh, we just got to listen, be sensitive to the Lord, and apply it to our hearts. And uh, I thank God for the Word. We sung two songs tonight that are the greatest tools we've got to combat the enemy. I found it in the Word, and we've got the power. Now, that power's in the Word, and it's in prayer. Two most powerful things we have, and... I'm glad that the devil can't do nothing with it. <laughs> He's defeated every time. Let's go and ask God's blessings. I said let's go. It's almost like let's go on up to heaven and ask God's blessings on this offering. We won't need to take offerings in heaven. <laughs> but we do now, so don't use that as an excuse I don't need to give. No, you got to give now. That's how God takes care of the ministry in the church. And you give, and he'll take care of you far more than you could ever imagine. And uh, he'll show you time and time again. I asked several weeks ago, have you tested God yet and gave and see what he'll do for you? And uh, I know that 
he'll do because he has me time and time again. But you know the truth of the matter is we're blessed if we got up this morning. We're breathing, got, got health to come to church and not everybody has that. And I look out and I'm seeing some miracles sitting out in these pews. Things we've been praying for that God's touched and brought healing and answered prayer. And I just thank the Lord for it. Thank the Lord for it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be back in your house tonight. And what a good time we've had just singing praises to you. And Lord, I ask you to bless this offering that we're about to take. That you'd bless every dollar that's given. I pray you'd touch Reed as he comes to sing. Lord, isn't that a miracle right there that's getting ready to come and sing? Lord, you've touched him. We thank you for it. It's one of those, Lord, that you, all you have to say, God did it. Man had nothing to do with it. And God, I just ask you to touch him. And then, Lord, as this preacher comes, I ask you, Lord, to fill him with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, give him the words that you would have for us to hear tonight. And, Lord, may you manifest yourself through him in a powerful way that, Lord, we would see you like we've never seen you before. Lord, I'm looking forward to hearing from your messenger tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You come right on, Reed. Oh, I'd like to go back to that old country church and to hear the songs of praise. How the people would sing, it would make the reverence ring at that old country church.
Amen. It was at that old country church. <laughs> I like that. Where I got saved. <laughs> Amen. Brother Ron, was you going to sing? All right. You got to let your voice rest, don't you? <laughs> All right. I'm going to introduce our preacher tonight. I'm, I've been uh, thrilled just to get to know him. Uh, here at the church, and I want you to put your hands together, welcome this preacher, Gary Seeley. Come right on up, brother. say the preacher was saying this morning he said we're going to have somebody come preach tonight I said don't say it brother don't tell them who it's going to be because you won't have nobody here but anyway it's good to be in God's house it's good to have some of my family here tonight especially my wife I like it when she comes with me but uh, my boys and my girls my mom and dad my brother his kids and wife I mean so if, if I don't get amens out of them tonight we're going to have some words to talk about here Luke Chapter number five, Luke chapter number five. I have, uh, I told the preacher, now I've never pastored. I have felt it, filled in for pastors and pulpits. I've even done an interim one time. I've done a lot of stuff with kids. I've got lots of outlines and I've got lots of sermons. And a lot of times if it's the first time I'm preaching somewhere, I like to go to one that I know that it, it, it's easy to preach and it's, it, it, it flows easy and and I know it goes, you know, it's like it, 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 it's like it hits out of the park, and you're like, I'll use that one again, praise God, it was a good one. I struggled this week, and here's why. I read a, you ever read something, brother, and a phrase will pop out at you, and you can't get away from it, and I don't know why, and I tried to get away from it, and I said, I don't want to, I'm going to go with something else, so I start studying, and, and God keeps bringing me back to this one phrase. And I'm still, to be honest with you, come in tonight, still wondering what direction we're going to go in. I just be honest with you. So, y'all pray for me this evening. Luke chapter 5, and look in verse 17. And when we get towards the end of it, I'll kind of uh, tell you what I was talking about. The Bible says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them and behold men brought in a bed of a man which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him when they could not find by what or by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus and when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. What a wonderful passage that is right there. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, as they always do, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, 
He answering and said unto them, What reason ye in your heart? Whether is, it, whether is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know, that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. And he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and he took up that whereon he lay, and he departed into his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. You know which phrase I'm going right here. We have seen strange things today. This this, uh, account is also in the book of Matthew and also in the book of Mark. And in the book of Matthew, they say at the end, they said they marveled at the things that they saw. In, in, in the book of Mark, it says, they said, we never saw it on this fashion. So what they were saying in all three accounts, they said, man, we've seen something that this man could do that we ain't ever seen before. There was something that they seen, boy, that was very weird and strange. Not weird, I'd say, but something uncommon, something rare, something that they'd never experienced before. And that's the one I'm going to preach to you for just a few minutes. Maybe it be five minutes. Maybe it be 20 minutes. It may be an hour. I ain't preached in a while. It might get flowing, brother, and it might be a long time. And you might have to throw something to, to shut me up. But we have seen strange things today. Father, we love you. We thank you for being good to us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for Calvary. Lord, we thank you for the blood that was shed on that old rugged cross. Lord, thank you for being so good to us. Lord, even though we don't deserve it, Lord, we see it in our lives every day. Lord, we, we look around, we see answered prayer, we see all the things, as just like this story said, we see strange things on a daily basis. But Lord, there's folks out there, and saved folks out there, and Christians out there, and churches out there, Lord, that fail to see those strange things. Why is that, Lord? Why is that? Lord, we ask that you just meet with us for just a few minutes. And bless your word as you always do, because you know, you're, you're, as you said, your word will not return void, and we believe that. So, Lord, put me out of the way and just bless the word of God as it goes out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful name it is. Amen. What a, what a powerful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Hey, not the name of Buddha, not the name of Mohammed. Not the name of your favorite preacher, not the uh, uh, name of your favorite politician, not the name of Donald J. Trump, not the name of your favorite athlete, but the name of Jesus, amen? The name of Jesus, what a wonderful name, what a powerful name, what a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Philippians, wherefore uh, God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Uh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of the things in earth, the things in heaven, and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Christ, uh, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What a blessing that is to me. Have you ever heard anybody say that uh, uh, they, they don't read their Bible maybe because it's boring? You ever, th- you ever heard, maybe, maybe not in this church, but I'm telling you, I hear people, you know, I say, well, you need to get in the Word. The brother was talking about it, the songs that we was talking about today. Get in the Word. 
And I say, if, you can't, if you're telling me that the Bible's boring, I say that you've not been reading your Bible. I mean, you, you got the account of the story that we just read, and sometimes I think the technology and the phones and all the movies and all the things that's always going in our brains and always going in, sometimes we fail to think that this is the Word of God, this is history, this is what God preserved for us to read, to inspire us, to encourage us, to help us grow, uh, but we're always, uh, uh, we just pass over it. But God give us a book. And, and listen, and just like this, uh, we, we, we failed to get in there. We failed to get in his book. But I was reading in this book, and that last, pa- that last verse, of verse 26, it says, We have seen strange things today. You know, when Jesus begins to speak, and Jesus begins to move, and he, becomes, he, he starts making himself manifest, you know, we start seeing some strange things, you know? To the world, hey, what we're doing right now, sitting here on a Sunday night instead of at home or at the bowling alley or just feeding our face, or what you're doing right now is to the world strange. What we're singing about and having singing songs about our Savior and lifting our hands and lifting uh, hands of praise and worshiping Him, that's strange to the world. That's strange. But I said a minute ago, that's weird. That's not the word we're looking for. It's not weird. It's not, that word doesn't mean spooky, like do 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 I mean, stuff, things that are uncommon, things that are out of the ordinary. And I say this to you tonight, that too much of Christianity has ceased to be strange. We've gotten to a place where it ceased to be strange. The problem is we go to most churches, and, and you go and you find the same thing at other churches that you do, at this, at, you know, from one church to another. You go to listen to a preacher, and you hear the same things, and, and there's... Uh, that's another preacher. It's the same thing. You go to a spiritual gathering and, and, and you find that the same things happen there as at a non-spiritual gathering. Can I just say this? It's not the result. The reason of that is not the result of the fact that God has lost his power or Jesus is, uh, uh, lost his power or the Holy Ghost has lost his unction. They still, listen, if God has ever been God, he's still God. If Jesus has ever been Savior, he's still Savior. If the Holy Ghost ever had power, he still has power. And it doesn't matter if you go to a church that's dead, that's sitting on their hands and nothing's happening. It ain't because it's God's fault. It ain't because it's his son's fault. And it ain't because it's the Holy Ghost's fault. We're ceasing to see some strange things. And I think the problem is, preacher, is because we put too much of the world and too much of our flesh and too much of ourselves into the things that we're trying to change people with. We're trying to change them with a good song. We're trying to change a life with, 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 with the right program. Listen, I'm telling you, you can go to church, you, the church attendance, uh, tithe, you can do all those things, you can have great songs, but none of those things are going to change a person. None of those things are going to change a woman, a boy, man, woman, boy, or girl for the, uh, eternity. None of those are going to do it. Only Jesus Christ is going to be able to change somebody on the inside. We've gotten so uh, out of, and then most of the churches, listen, I'm enjoying Tonight and this morning and being here at Hopewell, I love the spirit. I love the fact that people are, are praising, uh, praising the Lord. I love the fact that this preacher is uh, uh, bringing out the word and preaching the word because that's where it's at. It's in the word. We sung the song, I found it in the word. That's where it's at. And so many times we go and, and we, we see other Christians and we see other churches that are dead. But they've listen, they've got away from the word. God gave us his word. Listen, my prayer is that we'll get some men and women and boys and girls, listen, that'll, that'll get out of this church, leave this room, leave this building, and when they go out there, 
hey, they'll be so radically transformed, so radically uh, 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 changed, so be so impactful that when they go out to their co-workers and, and their teachers and their students and, and, and the bad boy and the bankers and all those people, listen, that when they see us and the impact we're having on Christ, they'll say, boy, you're strange. Hey, I want to be that person that looks to the, the world looks at it as like, man, something different about that guy. Hey, that's the way I want to be. And, and, and if I, 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 all of us is only as close to the Lord as we want to be. Did you know that? Hey, you can say back here, you can waller in your sin, you can have your secret sins, and that will put distance between you and the Lord. But listen, the Bible says if we draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto us. And I want to draw nigh unto him. I want to be close to him, and I want him to look at me, and I want the world to look at me and say, man, there's something different about that guy. Not that he's perfect. Not that he don't slip up and make a mistake. Not all those things, but something that say, oh, oh, he's different. He's strange. We don't like to be called strange. I like this. I, I, this is my favorite out of all those gospels of the accounts of it. He said, man, we've seen some strange things today. So turn with me. To, stay there, but look in verse 17. I'm going to show you a few things. I didn't know how exactly to incorporate this message necessarily. But we'll look a little bit in the text and we'll just let the Lord lead. So we'll just look at a few details of this story. Before we even get started, before we even get to all that stuff, and y'all have heard this story many times. In verse 17, it says, And it came to pass on a certain day. Listen, it was just a certain day. It didn't say it was a Sabbath day. It didn't say it was a holy day. It didn't say it was a, a, a revival. It didn't say there was a, a, a special day. It just said it was a certain day. A certain day. It's average time. Average time. So let me tell you this. Whenever Jesus, he can take an average day and turn it into an immaculate day. Hey, Jesus can take a, an average day and an average hour when nothing else is going on, and he can make it an amazing hour, an amazing day. And it's not the fact of anything else. It's the fact that Jesus made himself available in that position, in that spot. Hey, and it, didn't, it went from being a certain time to an amazing time. Listen, why was it? It was just, okay, let's read. I'm getting ahead of myself. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. So, Jesus has showed up in this house. Can you imagine that? Hey, listen, can you imagine? I mean, when I was talking about one day getting to see him with my eyes, seeing the nail prints in his hand, seeing his side, seeing the nail prints in his feet, and falling down and worshiping him and just praising him, worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Can you imagine if he was here with us right now? Think about it when you're reading your Bible, and there was real people in that day and time that was really witnessing the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He was sitting there, and he was in somebody's house, and he was teaching. My goodness. I mean, no wonder there was a multitude. No wonder the house was crowded. No wonder nobody could get in there. Listen, there was something going on about Jesus. There was something strange about him. Something strange. And it says there he was teaching. I just couldn't imagine sitting at the feet of the Savior and listening. To him, the Son of God, the one that was getting ready to go to the cross and one that was going to raise from the grave three days later, sitting at his feet and listening to him teach his own word, teach the word of God. What a blessing that would have been. But we look on, it says, it says that uh, he was teaching and there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So it was just an average day. Jesus was teaching. But you know what? It said that the Pharisees and the doctors of the law was there. there was all, you know what? 
everywhere you go, there's going to be Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. Notice the Bible said sitting by. Notice it didn't say that they were joining in. Notice it didn't say that they were engaged in the message. It said that they were sitting by. It's almost like they were just sitting by waiting for you to, waiting for Jesus to slip up and say something. Or waiting for him to make a mistake so that they could jump on it. And listen, all through the Gospels, they, he, they did. Not that he made a mistake, but anytime he'd done anything, he healed on the Sabbath. Boy, they jumped on it like that. They were sitting by. How many of you sit by? How many of you never get engaged in the, in the, in the message when Brother Dennis is preaching? God help us to be engaged, not just be ones that's sitting by. Not just be ones that's just, we're, we're not engaged and we're not joining in. But listen, I thought this was pretty neat right here. It says that, that phrase there in verse 17, it says, The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now think about that. The power of the Lord was present to heal. Why? First of all, Jesus was there. Second of all, the Word was present. Jesus was preaching the Word. Hey, there was, they was, hey, there was, uh, 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 there was, I can't get my words out. There was power of the Lord was present to heal them. You know, every day, every time the preacher gets up here and opens this book and he starts preaching and he starts bragging on Jesus and he starts telling you everything that Jesus done, that he died for your sins and he rose again and he's done all that for us, there's power and the presence for healing. But it's up to you to get in on that. It's up to us to get in on that. It's up to us to get in on that. So we see the details. Let's look down to verse 18. We see the problem. And a man, and behold, men brought a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. Listen, this man was sick. He was laying before them. He was sick. He was helpless. See, listen, this man couldn't got to Jesus if he wanted to. He was in a bed. He was laying there helpless and hopeless. And listen, he probably heard the, as, the, uh, as Jesus went through the town and was, uh, was preaching and uh, healing people and doing miracles and doing all these things that no doubt this man with a palsy was laying wherever he was and couldn't get up, but he heard. And he heard, listen, boy, I wish I could get there. I, listen, I heard of a man named Jesus. I wish I could get up. And, he, and no doubt he was helpless. He couldn't do it. He was hopeless and helpless. But listen, aren't you glad? Hey, that and don't you think it's strange that one day when you were hopeless and helpless and sick and, and sin sick sin sin, sin sin sick, hallelujah. Listen, aren't you glad when you was in that in that place that God came down and met you? Aren't you glad, listen, that, that whenever you was in a place of you couldn't help yourself, you was hopeless and helpless. God came by one day and touched my heart and showed me the way that this person was on a, he was in a, had a desperate problem. It's been a while since I preached. And sometimes I get a little, going a little fast. So apologize, I apologize if I get tongue-tied, okay? That's aggravating. But Lord, use me. Lord, bless the word. Amen. Let's look on verse 18 also. And this might be where we just stay. We see these men. I want to talk about these men. The other gospel says there was four men. Two on each side carrying this man. 
okay? Now that's strange. Now we all can, we all can agree that the, the fact that seeing a miracle that Jesus performed in a man, he says, arise, get up, says, thy sins be forgiven thee, that, that's strange. To the world, that's strange. To a lot of Christians, that's strange. We, we see that. We can under, at least we can understand that. But what, what really makes the world and makes people say, boy, that's strange, is just all the things that these four men did for this other man. Look at it. It says, and behold, men, there's four of them, they brought in a bed. They brought in, listen, they brought the bed. They brought, they, they brought the bed. L- the, listen, I just want to show you this, the compassion they had. There's a difference between compassion and sympathy. Sympathy is to look on somebody with pity and feel sorry. Compassion is also to have sympathy, but it's also to have legs with action. And it says, I'm going to do something about this problem because I can and they had compassion on this man. He was laying there, maybe at home, maybe on the street. And those four men walked by. And one of them, maybe all of them, they had compassion. I don't know if there was just one man that said, hey, let's get this guy to Jesus. Maybe one of them had just left the meeting and said, man, I know of a guy that needs to get here. But he can't get here on his own. So let's go get a bed and, and put him on it and carry him there. And boy, what compassion they had. And listen, it makes me think about, hey, I want you all to think about this. Somebody in your life had compassion on you. I'm not just talking, listen, we know that Jesus had compassion on us, but I mean every person that heard the gospel of Christ, somebody was praying or somebody had compassion. Somebody invited you to church. Somebody gave you a gospel tract. Somebody shared the gospel with you. Somebody, maybe you didn't accept it right then, but listen, somebody had compassion in these four men. It was strange that somebody would go out of their way. It was selfless. They didn't think about what they was doing. It was strange. I'd like to have that compassion today. I want to have the compassion, listen, that not just if I see somebody that's in a wheelchair or somebody sick, hey, uh, or or somebody that's struggling uh, uh, physically, but when I know that I know that they're lost and I know that they're headed to hell, Lord God, give me the compassion to make a difference in their life. We all need some compassion. Listen, we live in a day and time where we'll walk by somebody on the street that's just struggling. You'll see somebody. There used to be manners and there used to be people that would uh, hold doors for ladies or they'd see something happening or somebody pushing a car. Now we just go, man, that stinks for them. Keep on going. God, give us some compassion for people. Give us some compassion for people. Listen, they also had, they also had concern. It says they sought means to bring. They were looking for a way to help. You ever pray for opportunity? I heard a preacher say this one time, don't pray for opportunity because we don't want to take advantage of the opportunities that he already gives us. Maybe not give me more opportunity. God, show me and open my eyes to the opportunities that's already in my life. These men had concern. God, give me some compassion. God, give us some concern. Look for a way to help. You know what? That's strange. That's strange. People don't act that way. Listen, the only way the, the world sees that is like, what do I get out of it? What am I getting back? Is it money? Is it a, you, I scratch your back, you scratch mine? I mean, one of those deals. God, give us some people with with compassion and concern. You know what they also had? Conviction. It says to lay him before him. 
Who? Lord Jesus. They had, they had um, compassion and they had concern. And they had conviction. Conviction is great. You know, people say, well, I just I ain't convicted about that. Well, I mean, I, there, there is some things maybe that, does, that bothers me that doesn't bother you, but there is some things in the Bible that is black and white that none of us can go against. There's some things in there, and I believe the Bible teaches us just like those four men that was carrying that palsied man to Jesus. They had compassion. They, they had, they had, uh, uh, they had um, concern, and they had conviction. Listen, they knew who Jesus was. Like I said, maybe one of them had already been in a meeting. Maybe one of them men had one time in their life been healed of some disease. Maybe one of them had been laying on a bed and had somebody take them to Jesus. Maybe somebody had to tell them and he didn't know. He's like, have you heard of this man named Jesus? Who? Who are you talking about? Come and see and listen. Come and let me show you this man. And maybe somebody brought that one of those men to Jesus. And it changed his life and it changed the direction of his life. So listen, as he was going down the road and he seen another man that was in need, he said, oh, I have the conviction. I know where you can get help. Just like they say, I'm just a beggar trying to tell another beggar where to get bread. I know where the healer is. Follow me. God, give us some people. Listen, folks, I want to be one of those people. I'm not perfect. I mess up every day. And you can go and ask my wife. Well, don't ask my wife and kids. Never mind. But, uh, but if you were to ask them, they'd say, oh, yeah, dad this, dad that, dad this. But you know what? Dad knows a man, listen, that came down here 2,000 years ago that shed his blood, and I put my faith in him, and listen, I'm going to heaven one day, and it doesn't matter how imperfect I am. He is perfect. Amen. It's all about him. They had concern. They had conviction. Listen, well, they also fought the crowd. They fought the crowd. It says they could not find a way to bring him because of the multitude. You know, crowds can be intimidating. They got him there. Can you imagine that? These four men get him there. And they said, well, Jesus is down on 3rd Street, down at the such and such, and he's preaching and teaching and healing. And listen, we're going to get this man there. So when they got him there, and they're carrying him, they probably walking down through town. And I don't know if they're carrying him like this or, you know, just, but they was carrying him there. And when they get there, man, it was packed out. Packed at the doors, packed out the windows like roaches, man. They couldn't, they were just everywhere. People everywhere, and they couldn't get in. And I was thinking, you know, that, I hate it whenever there's crowds, not in church, but, I mean, y'all ever, ever been had a taste for something, a certain restaurant? And, and, I mean, you've been thinking about it all week, and you think, man, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to go eat, and you taste it. I mean, you done got the coupon out, and you're ready to go, and you, I mean, you done don't know what, you already know what you're going to order. And then you get up, and you're driving in, and your belly's growling, you taste it. And you pull in wherever it is. That's why I don't go to many of those restaurants, because I don't, I don't like the wait. But you pull in, and it's... People backed out, lined out the door, and you're like, oh, man. And you're like, well, it ain't worth it. I'm leaving. Those four men, they didn't leave. Hey, I said those four men, they didn't leave. Hey, they got there, and they knew, listen, hey, just like when we get there, it ain't worth it to wait on the food. But listen, there was something in there better than food. There was something better than anything that they'd ever, meant, ever experienced. There was something strange in that room. And they listened, I ain't going to let all the people, I'm not going to let this get in our way. And listen, they didn't turn around and go home. They didn't say, well, let's go. Maybe there's another teacher or preacher down the street that's doing the same thing. They know they knew there's only one Jesus, one person that can do it, one person that can make a change in their life. And that's, they waited. They, not only they waited, they, they found a way. They found a way. Listen, they had commitment. 
They did whatever was necessary to get the man to Jesus. The Bible says there, and they, they could not find that way. They might bring him in because of the multitude. They went up on the housetop and let him in through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Listen, would you do whatever it takes to win somebody in your family to Jesus? That's the question. Would you go wherever it takes to reach a child, a grandchild, a parent for Jesus? It doesn't even say in this story here that those men were his family. But they had enough compassion to reach out and they knew where the, where the cure was coming from. Do you have enough? Do I have enough? I have to say a lot of times I don't have, I, listen, I, I struggle every day with that commitment. That I'll do whatever it takes. They went up on the roof. And I don't know, I mean, that, you, these dudes had to be strong. Carrying a man, I don't know if they climbed up the ladder with the guy or the two of them climbed up there and they pulled him up, but they got on the ceiling on the roof and it said they broke up the tiles. And I started thinking this, and listen, I want to encourage you when you read your Bible, really get in and read and think about the situation and the story that's going on. And I was sitting there reading that and I was thinking and pondering on it. And I was like, man, Jesus was right in the middle of the house and he probably had stuff falling on his head. I mean, think about it. They're, they're, they're coming right through the roof and things falling on him. And then, I start, and then my crazy weird sense of humor starts kicking in. I start thinking, what if I was preaching and the roof, I start hearing noise and things start falling, tiles start falling on my head and all of a sudden the guy on the bed starts coming down. And I, got, I start thinking, I was like, well, y'all got a security team now, right? Listen, I ain't Jesus. I didn't. I wouldn't know what he was thinking or what he had. But if somebody started letting down a bed in here, I'd say, security team, you got it. I'm out of here. I'd run over and take Caleb, and we'd, I'd jump on the chair, and we'd take off. Tell me how it ends. But I was thinking, Jesus was standing there, and the, and the roof pieces falling in. And then we see his divine power in verse 20. And when he saw their faith, he saw their faith. I think it, he didn't just see the man with the palsy faith. I think he saw those four men's faith. I think he saw all their faith. And, it, and, and you know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. If he, they, he would not have seen their, their faith if they had stayed home that day. And it's like, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, maybe he'll come this way. Maybe Jesus will come this way and maybe we'll holler anymore. Maybe we'll just stay here. Maybe it's by chance he'll come over. But listen, he saw their faith. He knew their hearts. He's seen what they were doing. They, they, they knew that Jesus was the only way uh, to, to heal this man. And they was going to do whatever it takes if it was cutting a hole in the roof or coming up, tunneling through the ground. I mean, they was ready to do it. But Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. We see the pardon. Hallelujah. Jesus said, he perceived their thoughts, and he answered and said to them, What reason ye in your hearts? I missed a verse. Let's go back to verse 21. Verse 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Look in verse 21, and the scribes and Pharisees. Listen, they talked about them right there at the beginning of the story. They still there. They didn't get all the way, you know, get into the hot and heavy of the message and the teaching and to be like, well, we've heard enough. We're, we're out of here. 
But I told you they were sitting around. They were, they were sitting by waiting. And when Jesus said, man, thy sins be forgiven thee, boy, they're like, whoop, time for us to jump up. Time for us to start making trouble. Time for us. And you know what they say there in verse 21? And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Don't ever let nobody tell you. Listen, there's always going to be people. Always. When God does something special in your life, it doesn't matter if he changes your life, somebody gets saved, he answers a prayer, whatever it is, there's always going to be somebody that's trying to discourage you and say, well, I don't know about that. Hey, the Pharisees didn't die out back in Jesus' time. They're still around. They're still around. And we can't listen to them. He said there, he said, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, why, why, what reason ye in your hearts? They didn't have to say a word. Jesus knows their hearts. I tell my kids this all the time. I was like, you don't have to. He's like, I didn't say nothing. I didn't talk back. I'm like, but, bub, let me tell you, I can, I can read your facial expressions. I can tell what you're thinking. And just, listen, Jesus can tell what you're thinking. Why don't we just be honest with him? I heard a preacher say this one time before. He said before he got saved, he said uh, uh, that he, 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 he was outside and he would, he, he would I forget exactly how it goes, but he said, I tried to pray to God, I tried to go to church, and he said, but I had bitterness in my heart because his mom had just passed away and he was young, he was a teenager, and he said, until I got honest with God, because he wouldn't, you know, he's like, he wouldn't doing what I thought he should be doing, he said, I sit out there and shook my fist at God and said, I hate you, God, and you go, oh, I can't believe that, I can't believe anybody say that, well, listen, he already was thinking that in his heart, God knowed what he was thinking, but until he got honest with God, God wasn't able to do nothing with that man. He's seen their hearts. He said, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Aren't you glad, listen, aren't you glad that God sent his only begotten son? Aren't you glad that he forgave your sins? Aren't you glad that he saved somebody like you? I'm glad that he saved somebody like me. Hey, I'm glad he's the only person that, that can pardon sins. Hey, he can say, hey, you get up and walk, take up your bed. Or he can say, hey, your sins be forgiven thee. But aren't you glad he forgives sins? Amen. I said, aren't you glad he forgives sins, amen? I'm, listen, I'm glad that one, I'm not going to have to pay in hell, go to purgatory or do none of those things to pay for my sins. Hey, 2,000 years ago on a cross, Jesus' blood was shed and paid for my sins. Past, present, and future. Listen, that's how I take another day. That's how I walk another day, knowing, listen, that I have my hope in that. If I had only my hope in my own well-being and my own goodness, boy, I'd be in trouble see are you seeing strange things I'm going to close are you seeing strange things I don't know if this is exactly how I was going to do this because I've got I've actually got like three or four outlines on this message in the last three days I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it but praise the Lord actually let's go to that last verse before we close verse 26 the Bible says and they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things. There was some praise going on. It said the verse prior to that in verse 25, it says he took up his bed that where he only lay and he departed to his own house. He said he was glorifying God. Remember when you got saved? Remember how you couldn't wait to tell everybody? 
Remember how you knew and you felt the world being lifted off your shoulders and you knew if you died right then you was going to heaven and you almost couldn't wait. You was all like, man, let's go. I'm ready. I'm saved. I'm born again. And you couldn't wait to tell somebody. When you praised him all the time. But then trials come, troubles come, and years go by. And that newness sometimes wear off. I pray that God will make things strange that, listen, the newness will not ever wear off. Listen, I'm just as saved today as I was when I got saved when I was a young boy. But I, I mean, when I was young, I, I couldn't wait to tell everybody. What happened to us? Now, I'm not saying necessarily this church. I'm telling you, I mean, I have enjoyed the strange things that goes on at Hopewell. I have. I mean that in a good way, preacher. The fact that when Jesus shows up and the word goes out, strange things happen. There are churches around our area that if you sung some of the songs and praised and lifted your hands, well, they'd have heart attacks, I just tell you. That would be so strange to them. They'd be like, that, and like the preacher was saying this morning, that don't fit the program. What's he doing? Let's just praise him. Let's just praise him. And let me show you that. And lastly, it wasn't just the man that got healed that was praising. He said they all were amazed. They all glorified God. God give us a zeal when we see God do something else in, the, in other people's life that we will glorify him, even if it doesn't happen to us. That's hard sometimes. How about this? You need, you need the prayer answered, but God answers this prayer over here. Boy, sometimes it's hard to just be like, well, hallelujah for you, brother. Glory to God. But that's the way we need to be. We'll shout and holler when God touches our heart. When we start talking about when it affects us, and then somebody come get saved, and we're just like, well, that's good. You know what we ought to be doing? Just like when we got saved, when somebody else comes and gets saved. We ought to be telling Somebody got saved at church tonight. Hey, there's another one going to heaven. One, hey, the Satan lost another one. They ain't going to be in hell. Hey, praise the Lord, another one got saved. Hallelujah, let's glorify God. But yet we sit there. You know, my, sometimes I'm emotional. Not all the time, but I try to hide it because I'm trying to be manly. And uh, you, ever, you ever watch uh, like those football games or something and they bring the mama and the babies out and they're supposed to talk to the daddy who's in Afghanistan on the screen. And then the daddy comes out and he's really there. And he walks in and they're all hugging. I'm over there and I'm like, I'm like oh man. Get all crazy emotional. They did it at the State of the Union address. They was honoring some lady and then her husband, he's supposed to still be in Afghanistan and he comes home and they're hugging and I'm like, the kids are like, what's wrong with you? You ever been to Afghanistan? No. Ain't it? Because that's a real daddy. Listen, I feel. And there's one thing that did happen to me. I got saved. And when somebody else gets saved, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be on the other side. I know what it's like to, 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 to be on my way to hell and, and Jesus step in and, and, and save my wretched soul. And listen, I'm going to make it a, 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 I'm make it a goal 
and say, Lord, give me the, give me the uh, unction and give me the, the, Lord, just pour it out on me that I can praise you. Not even in my great, when things are going great for me, but whenever something's going great for another child of God or somebody gets saved. Hey, I've been there. I've been there. Hope we'll be glad that strange things happen to us. Honor you. You listen, there's people that whenever the preacher will give the gospel and he'll give the invitation, and though on Sunday morning there's a lot more people here, and I'm sure there's people that's lost. You know what? It's really, I mean, it's strange to a lost person to feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit. It's strange that they see people that can cry and sob and lift their hands and they're happy in all their circumstances. But to us, it ought not to be strange. I'm just saying that because the world sees us as strange. Let's stand. We'll have uh, some musicians come and you might need to use the altar tonight. It's always open, I know. Maybe I mentioned something tonight or maybe something was read and say, boy, that's me. Just like I said, those men had concern and they had commitment and they had conviction to reach other people. To reach other people. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you're just like, I just love my church. And I love the fact that when we gather together, Jesus is exalted and the Holy Spirit moves in. Because listen, folks, that don't happen everywhere. Don't take it for granted whenever God meets with you. As they sing. But you knew.
said, I love him. It wasn't enough to get him to Jesus. Brother Prayer said, I'm praying for him. I'm praying for him. Another one said, I love him. I love him. Wasn't enough to get him to Jesus. Then here come Brother Faith. Faith said, I've got faith. We can get him to Jesus. Brother Love said, I love him. Brother Prayer said, I'm praying for him. Brother Faith said, I got faith. We can get him there. And then here come the fourth one, Brother Determination. I'm determined we'll get him there. <laughs> it took all four of them. I like that, brother. I like that. Strange things. I want, I want it to be strange when people come. Boy, they must love this man, Jesus. <laughs> and introduce them to him. Are all hearts and minds settled tonight? All minds and heart. Did the Lord speak to you tonight? It just takes sometimes the Lord just giving you one word out of it. And boy, I'm already getting together, Brother Gary, a sermon on strange things today. I've seen some strange things today. <laughs> I like that. That'll stay with me tonight. I'll be laying in bed. Strange things. Let's. Uh... <laughs> All right. I don't know if I even talked to you, Miss Linda. Did I talk to you about doing a business meeting tonight? I didn't think I did. I know we've got the papers ready because I didn't know if we'd do it tonight or next Sunday. Let's go ahead and do that tonight if you don't care. I apologize for not talking to you this morning. I meant to do that. 